Welcome to the Liberating Me podcast, the podcast where we talk about love, sex, relationship, and personal growth in the most liberating way. A podcast where you can expect candid conversation and truth bombs along the way. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in today. So the other day, I read something online about the father of gynecology who operates under the assumption that his experimental subjects are black women because he believed black people don't experience pain. So I found myself profoundly shocked as I went on further digging about women's health that the majority of discoveries and treatment suggestions are based on doctors or male doctors' experience. Personally, what triggered me from all of this is hearing women feeling compelled to have their ovaries and uterus removed during their mid-40s due to doctors' recommendation around certain medical conditions that they believe there is no cure for. So as I work towards this spat of sexual liberation, one of the things that I'm grateful for is being able to have access to proper sexual health experts who can guide me to have a better understanding of my sexual health. So if you are someone who is experiencing unexplainable pain in your vagina, experiencing chronic pelvic pain, or perhaps do not know what the heck is pelvic floor, at least that is how I am before all of this liberation work, then tune in to this episode. I have decided to invite my colleague Dagmar Khan, who is a leading women's health expert and pelvic floor specialist and trained with the top 1% guides in the world. She works with an integrated holistic system that addresses very deeply both the body and the mind and in fact affects the ecosystem of women's entire life. Dagmar uses the most powerful pelvic floor training, deep relaxation process, and self-massage practices in combination with modern trauma healing and brain integration techniques, which are designed to help fully restore strength and suppleness in women's pelvis while unraveling any possible shame, fear, or trauma. So enough of this introduction. Feel free to start listening to this very educational episode. So the reason I've kind of invited you and I've kind of went on this rabbit hole of looking around pelvic health because I think a month ago I was reading something in the internet and I come to realize that the father of gynecology is a man. (laughs) And then I've come to also recognize that One of his old practices back in the day to figure out women's health is experiment on women and not put anesthesia. And it's not for the purpose of um, curing them, but in the purpose of trying to figure out what's wrong. And I think because of that, I went on a rabbit hole and then I've come to recognize that my mother in her mid-40s have her cervix, uterus, and ovaries removed because... um, they can't, can't figure out what's going on with her. She has nonstop bleeding. Results are inconclusive. And the doctors recommended, you know what? Since you're not going to have kids anyway, might as well just remove it. And now in her like 50s, late 50s, uh, she, she've come to recognize maybe she shouldn't have done that because now the osteoporosis in her body is faster than usual. And, and then now I'm in this angry place. <laughs> Of like, holy shit, what's recommended for us women to take care of our health is based on the information studied by men when they don't even have it on it, um, their own body. And so I, I started uh, digging for you, trying to find you because we've I've encountered you in a workshop like under the SLRC. So given that, just to give the listeners an idea, would you mind sharing a bit more about who you are, what is it that you do, and what's the reason Like, I start seeking for you when it comes to pelvic health? Francis, I'm so glad to be here with you. And I want to start by saying that your mother's story is the reason why I do what I do in this world. I literally had chills running down my spine as you were sharing said but true procedure that has been uh, done in your uh, mother's body because our medicine just does not have better 
answers for what's ailing millions of women in their bodies, in their pelvises, in their wombs, in their cervixes, in their vaginas, and in their pelvic floors. I have founded Flourish Institute and a Flourish Method of Healing as a way where really the modern science of body and really how body works uh, marries the feminine embodiment, such as how woman thinks about herself, her sexuality, her reproductive system, how she relates to herself as a woman. And these two big pillars, the science of the body with the feminine embodiment, it's done under the umbrella of trauma-informed care because female pelvis holds tremendous amount of trauma not just the obvious, the sexual trauma. And I have just done a, a post on my social media today. That like in America alone, there are 33 millions of women who have reported, the keyword is reported, sexual trauma. That's insane amount of women struggling. But the trauma that lives in female pelvis is not just sexual. The trauma can be there because of really bad gynecological exams. It can be there because of laparoscopy and different like procedures, medical procedures, uh, possibly abortion or even birth injuries, miscarriages. So many procedures that woman goes through her life and uh, that trauma lives there and it's impacting a lot of workings inside of woman's body that creates illness and pain and suffering and depression. And our modern medicine does not have answers for women with chronic, I'm not going to say acute, but with chronic pelvic health challenges. And what I really like about the work that you do is like the holistic approach towards pelvic health. So what would a woman experience if they start exploring, working towards into a good pelvic health? Completely. So let's firstly define what's not pelvic health. So just like, you know, what okay. the pelvic challenges are, because uh, yes. there's so many incontinence, which is, you know, peeing yourself from uh, any occasional drop here and there to like not having any control over your bladder and literally living in a bathroom. There are mm-hmm. women living their lives like that. Uh, organ prolapse is a huge problem that affects over 50% of women where some part of uh, female reproductive system, that is the bladder, the rectum, or the uterus actually starts falling down towards the opening of the vagina. Pain during intimacy, during sex is a huge problem affecting upwards of one, one, every, one in three women suffer mm-hmm. with pain during sex. And isn't it interesting, Francis, that as young girls when we grow up we are expected we are conditioned to feel pain with our first intercourse yes that's the narrative that's being given to us the same things menstrual pain and menstrual cycle we are conditioned that menstrual menstruation should hurt sex should hurt birth should hurt and isn't it interesting that this is what pretty much every single woman experiences. Much of the pain and much of dysfunction that lives in our pelvises boils down to the narrative and the conditioning that we have been given to and we literally have embodied in our tissues. So what that means is so many women, you know, the narrative out there is that female pelvic floor becomes weak, especially after you hit certain age and you've given birth to a few children, right? You need to do your kegels. But the truth is upwards of 70% of women actually have tremendous tension in their pelvis that they are not even consciously aware of. And Dr. John Sarno, who is like one of the front runner of emotional medicine and who has defined a term called TMS, which is tension myoneural syndrome. And what it is in a very simple language is that tissue that is tense cannot receive blood flow, which leads to hypoxia, which means cellular degeneration. So here we have female women that have tremendous tension in their pelvises, where the tissues are literally dying because of physical and emotional stress 
and that leads to pain, illness, and dysfunction. And when you go to doctor, you're being given what? Injections, surgeries that could be completely prevented. If we are only given a model, if we only have been taught how to live better inside of our pelvis, Mm-hmm. How to break free from all this narrative that everything in our body should hurt just because that we are women. You know, I'll just add to that, which is a really good interesting point because I've heard Dr. Sarn, I've read her book about healing the back because I have back issues. And what's interesting because we were thought that sex, the first time you have sex must hurt, right? Or should have hurt. So when it first happened to me and it didn't hurt, I didn't realize that I was already having sex. And then I'm like, this is it? And then what's funny enough, when my husband now break it to me, like we're actually having sex, that's when I was like in shock. Like I was like blaming myself. I was like ashamed of myself. What have I done? And then because of that, I spiraled. <laughs> and then I started to have chronic yeast infection and BV or bacterial vaginosis, which I'm like telling myself that added more shame because I'm like, I'm only having sex with one guy ever in my life. And I'm having infection that is known to only happen with women who have multiple partners. And so I don't have any answers. I go to a clinic and they start asking me invasive questions and I'm just so scared. I remember I cried, I called my husband. I'm like, I'm never gonna go for a health check anymore. I'm scared of them. And, and then only to find out later on that I really have a tense pelvis. It's like my pelvic floor is so tense. I don't even know what it's like to contract or relax. So I really like um, what you bring point, what, what the point that you have brought that a lot of women are conditioned to think that everything is painful. Like, cause I've never experienced pain cramps. That's why I've never really understand why men, why women, some women like, Oh, I have a painful cramps. I just feel that my body is heavy. That's it. Like, I feel like I'm 10 times overweight, but that's much about it. But other than that, I completely agree with what you said that we were told that birth is painful. Having a period is painful. Um, having sex the first time is painful. And a lot of these things can be prevented or avoided if only we were taught more about our bodies and how to embrace it and like approach it in a very loving way yeah so I just want to add that completely I'm, I'm so glad you're sharing that and you know one of the piece that's coming up a lot to kind of bring in here a little bit of science of you know how this this fear of our female body, that's the core, the fear of female body, how that actually affects tissue. So there is part of the nervous system called, or part of the uh, receptors in the nervous system called the neuroreceptors. And what they do, they are below the cognition, so we are not consciously aware of them, but they are sensing danger from the environment. So what they found is people who have been traumatized, women who have had sexual trauma, their neuroceptors in their pelvis, their neuroceptors in their vagina are overly active. They are way more active than they need to be, even in a times of safety. So doesn't it make sense providing, and I'm positive your listeners know that, is, you know, how does the nervous system, so does the rest of the body, if the nervous system is perceiving danger from the environment, such as my vagina is in state of danger, what will possible tissues around the vagina or the vagina itself do? They will start to tense up so that they can be protected. Mm-hmm. All of that happens below the cognition. All of that happens below the level of the conscious mind. So you have women who live in their body for 10, 20, 30, 40 years, living in a chronic state of tension that can be there because of trauma, past injury, accident, but much of that, a nervous system that's constantly on high alert, perceiving a lot of danger from the outside in, and as a result, 
locking, tensing, shutting down, which leads to pain, numbness, and a lot of, lot of dysfunction. So now, now that you have brought it up, a question just popped into my head. Women who are diagnosed that they cannot have kids due to past trauma, do you think it's possible for them to reverse that? Because I'm a strong believer that every woman is capable of the same thing another woman is. It's just a matter of being able to navigate. Like maybe we don't have the same bodies, so we don't have to have the same strategies. But at the end of the day, we have we all have the same tools, right? So I'm curious if, if working on the pelvic health will allow women who were told that they cannot give birth or have kids be able to uh, get pregnant? This is such a great question and it's such a huge topic. Our infertility is rising a lot. And uh, uh, to me, this is not surprising. Sort of the, the levels of stress, the levels of pollution, toxicity uh, are all time high. And uh, to me, really, the female reproductive system is really expressing uh, the stresses individual is on and the stresses our planet is going through. But to your question, this is actually has been defining story of my own life. Uh, I have suffered from 10 years of infertility due to trauma. And the trauma was a kidnap of my first son, uh, where I have been forcefully separated from my son for over 18 months. You know, any mothers out there listening right now, that is like, there is nothing as traumatizing to mother mm-hmm. as when her child is being take, taken away from her by force and she sees no hope of better tomorrow. She sees a no hope of reuniting with her child. So those 18 months have been extremely painful and I literally was on the edge between existing and not existing and I'm so blessed and I'm so grateful that through, you know, very good jurisdic- jurisdiction system, me and my son, we have been reunited 18 months into this very difficult process. But the interesting thing after me and my son were reunited, my whole reproductive system shut down. So I was married, very happy with my husband. We want to start a family We want to be conscious parents. We want to bring sibling to my son. And my reproductive system says, hey, no, we're not going there. Now, in those 10 years, I've done everything on the planet that I thought I should be doing. Yoga, meditation, counseling, Ayurveda, herbs, um, you know, uh, self-development, everything. And guess what? My reproductive system was still in shutdown. My reproductive system perceived a fear of death mm-hmm. with being pregnant again. So all of these modalities, yoga, acupuncture, herbs, were wonderful, but they were not getting after the root cause, which was just this horrendous trauma inside of my womb. And I had to really go into depths of my body and depths of my nervous system and ultimately releasing this massive, massive abuse that has been done to me as a mother and reactivating inside of myself the opportunities for being mother again. Now I have a four-year-old and he is really, Francis, he is the greatest blessing of my life. Uh, He is, his name is Rumi after the ancient poet. And we have named him as Rumi because of the message of fertility and message of taking my deepest pain and turning it into deepest triumph of my life. And that is being mother again. So to me, activating the possibilities for reproductive system for fertility, are obviously it's a very individual narrative. For someone, it can be trauma. For someone, it can be an estrogen dominance. For someone, it can be just crazy amount of stress that they are not aware of. And their system is just like, hey, we're not going there. And yet what's happening for a lot of women out there is on the outside, they will be like, I want to be a mother. But on the inside, they might be really scared of being mother. 
They might be afraid of being failure, like maybe their own parents and passing that generation trauma onto their children. They might be really scared of missing and losing their lifestyle, the capacity to travel and have adventure and be really achieved in their careers. And it's no wonder that their body, that's always mirroring the state of our conscience, always mirroring our conflict that lives inside of us, no wonder that their body might be responding the way it is. And I really love your story about it's not even about sexually related or, you know, abuse related, but more of a really intense life moment that really impacted not just your womb, but your entire being. And it kind of like centered in your womb and how it kind of impacted you in being able to get pregnant. So I'm curious Apart from what you have shared already, what do you think are the common barriers around being able to achieve a good pelvic health for women? Yeah, that is a lot. There is a lot, but I'm going to answer this based on a model of healing that mm-hmm. I do with a woman in our Flash Institute. And this is called Hierarchy of Healing. And what we do in hierarchy of healing, we look at all the different systems in the body, like the nervous system, like the muscles, the musculoskeletal system, like the endocrine system, the hormones, right? We look at all the different systems in the body, which by the way, and one of the things that I say to my students all the time is no system in the body ever works alone, ever gets injured alone, and ever heals alone. No system in the body ever works alone, gets injured alone, and heals alone. Mm-hmm. So in hierarchy of healing, we look at all the different systems in the body that you know are either taking the pelvic health away or are contributing to the pelvic health in the first place, and how to you know sequence the healing, how to think through the healing that actually facilitates through pelvic power and strength and the biological functions that the pelvis, the female pelvis is is supposed to perform ultimately, right? The second big thing I like to say a lot is, you know, no matter how much healing you've done, if you still have menstrual cramps every single month, you've got healing work to do, period. Menstruation should not hurt, period. Wow, okay, now I'll take note of that. tell my friends okay guys there's a way to prevent that <laughs> well at that it's the way you live your whole month the whole freaking month right menstruation yeah. doesn't happen in vacuum uh the kind of two big three the big things to menstruation one is excess sugar our overconsumption of sugar is driving our adrenals crazy it's also driving our blood chemistry crazy and our liver is not able to literally compensate for the amount of sugar that's in our bloodstream and that leads to extreme cramping. The second is women hating their natural body's rhythm. Women hating and seeing that's an inconvenience. They're being trapped for two, three, four, five days inside of their body because of menses. Now, I don't know about you, but if you think about being trapped and if you think about pressure cooker, right? And let's say there's something trapped in a pressure cooker. What is that thing going to do? It's going to blow up. The pressure (laughs) is going to blow up or the pressure will be just bigger and bigger and bigger. To me, all the cramps in the womb and all the menstrual discomfort comes from psychosomatically. It's like, hey, you are feeling caged inside of your body. And being feminine, being a woman is inconvenience to you. That's huge. For me, when I started to have my period, I'm like, eh, okay. And then when I start bleeding, I'm like, eh, okay. And I've always just allowed things be. I'm like, not a big deal. And I think I now that you're sharing this, all throughout my life, I know I have naturally allowed myself to be and not make a big deal out of certain experiences, especially when it comes to being a woman or having like a period. And I think that's the reason now why I don't experience cramps at all. I just feel heavy and I just want to lay down. So I just lay down. I If I'm moody, I'm like, don't talk to me. I'm moody. <laughs> like I'm just acknowledging it and just allowing the process to happen rather than 
wanting to do more when I know my body can't really do more right now. So I just want to add to listeners that one of the things that they can do is just to learn how to let things be, <laughs> you know? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And I'm so glad you have such a okay and positive and open relation with your menstrual cycle. And it reflects with how you feel uh, during your menstrual cycle, which is uh, truly, truly remarkable. So back to this hierarchy of healing and how I think of healing in the body. So there are, you know, nine systems in the body in that hierarchy of healing and that everything is done from a perspective of the brain, such as the biggest thing for the brain every single day is survive. A day lift, it's a day well lift. So what that means is brain doesn't care about happiness, doesn't care about joy, doesn't care about pain-freeness, doesn't care about energy. Brain is like, hey, we got to live. Dagmar Khan, you live, I'm doing a good job. That's what my brain says every single day. So with that, every single healing needs to start with the brain. The brain needs to be on board, which is why in my pelvic spa, one of the foundational practices is a deep subconscious reprogramming to actually imprint upon the brain, hey brain, be on board with healing. Hey brain, it's okay to relax pelvis. Hey brain, it's okay to let go of all these emotional stresses and create okayness. So we always start with the brain. The second is the lymphatic system. And I have got absolutely obsessed over the last year or so about lymphatic system because lymphatic system is really the marvel in chronic pain inflammation. No one talks about it. No one knows about it. Unless you have a cancer, you have a lymphedema, right? Then you need a lymphatic massage. People do, you know, lymphatic brushing here and there. But no one is looking at the relationship between lymphatic system and helping body get rid of toxicity. Lymphatic system is like this body sewage system. And you have a lot of women who suffer with pain in the back of the pelvis, like sciatic pain, sacroiliac joint dysfunction, even chronic low back pain. And they go for years and years and years into massage therapy and chiropractic adjustment, osteopathy, and they still have pain at their back. Why? Because the lymphatic system in the pelvis might be completely shut down and blocked and the lymphatic system in the pelvis drains through the front. So if I have a woman on a table and she might be complaining of all sort of things happening in the back of her body, I always get first in her pelvis from the front. We got to unlock the lymphatic system so that the lymphatic is not stagnated, but it's actually able to move well. And that means the infections, bacterias, fungi, extracellular waste, all of that stuff that body has to release there's system and process to it. Body can flush itself. Lymphatics doesn't work. Nothing else works. Okay. Now that you've mentioned lymphatic and back pain, that's for me like ding, 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 ding. <laughs> because I've ever since I moved here in Canada, I was born and raised in the Philippines. I've never really experienced any back pain, not until I moved here. And I always associated with the cold because, you know, like we hit negative 30 and I'm like, oh, it's the cold. And so I start going to chiropractors, I start going to physio, I start doing regular massage. And with what you've shared right now, and with the amount of work that I do with my regular physiotherapist versus my pelvic floor specialist, I think now it's, it's connecting the dots for me that it could be that my lymphatic area is not being addressed. Because whenever I feel stress, whenever I encounter difficult things in my life, I can feel that my lower back tense up. It hurts. But for some reasons, on a day that it hurts, 
but when I have sex, it doesn't hurt. So I have a, I have a feeling that, you know, it's because, oh, it's like the endorphins. It's like the endorphins, like take out the pain. But, but now that you've mentioned the lymphatic system needs to be addressed, what does it look like for a, for a woman to address their lymphatic system or their lymph nodes or where is it located? Because obviously I'm like, where is that? I've heard of it. <laughs> I have to find it. <laughs> Totally. Such a, such a great question. So, you know, your lymph is all over your body. You have some like big uh, places where a lot of lymph is uh, being centered. One is around the neck. And that's why so many reasons get, uh, so many people get headaches, migraines, brain fog, jaw pain, tinnitus, blocked ears, brain inflammation, all of that stuff. The second big part is obviously around the armpit, around the shoulder. Why? Because this joint is designed for a lot of movement. You actually have a lot of lymphatic, uh, sort of like uh, uh, hot spots around parts of the body that are designed for a lot of movement. So neck, shoulder. Next is gut, literally around your umbilicus and below your ribcage. You have tremendous amount of lymphatic channels. And in fact, just below your ribcage, you have single largest lymph node in the body. That's called the cisterna chile. And the reason why I'm bringing that up without like overwhelming your audience with all the biological terms <laughs> is that a lot of people do, you know, lymphatic work with like dry brushing, dry brushing their skin. And that's great. That being said, you don't have just superficial lymph living in your skin. You have a deep lymph. And no amount of dry brushing will ever, ever, ever get into your cisterna chile, which 50% of lymph in your body is being moved from your liver into your cisterna chile. So what does this mean? This means is if woman is sitting whole day in a slump position, it's going to be compressing her cisterna chile and it's going to be affecting the way the lymph is moving through her lower body. Next, a cutting off, you know, Eastern medicine and Chinese medicine, the cisterna chile is the biggest, the biggest emotional holding part in the body. That's where like all emotional trauma, emotional stress, emotional accidents, like heartbreaks, they live in cisterna chile. So when, you know, when, when someone starts touching your cisterna chile, I mean, people can feel like they're going to throw up. They're going to puke. They're going to run away. It's extremely uncomfortable, but it's essential and critical for actually helping the cisterna chile uh, function the way it's meant to function and free the body of emotional stress and emotional holding. So that's the gut. And then obviously you have a huge lymphatic stagnate, uh, 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 hot spots around the pelvis, literally where the pelvis meets with the thigh bones. Like when you sit and you get that crust and fold between your thigh and your mm -hmm. pelvis, mm -hmm. this is where a lot of, lot of lymphatic channels are. So when you identify these hot spots, I mean, even simple tapping and stimulation of these hot spots, they're called the big six, is really effective way to activate the lymphatic movement and get it work way more efficiently. Wow. Like with the tapping piece that you've mentioned, I didn't realize that it's also, I've, I've been doing tapping because of the previous uh, mentor that I, I have with coaching. And for me, when I first saw it, it's like, that is so weird, but sure, <laughs> I'm going to do it. <laughs> but I guess because when people introduce tapping to other people, they haven't really fully explained the coverage of what tapping does to a person, right? So when I first start doing it and introduce it to my friends, they're like, you're weird. And I'm like, but it's helpful. <laughs> it's helpful, guys. I don't know how, but it's helpful in some ways. And so you mind continuing about this hierarchy that you were sharing? Yeah, certainly. So recap, first is brain. Uh -huh. Brain has to be on board. Second is lymphatic system. Lymphatic is the body sewage system. We want to get the toxins out first, not nutrients in first. Everybody is focusing on good nutrition, which is great. 
but you can be having the best supplements on the planet. You can be having the most organically certified nutrition on the planet if you are swimming in a tool of toxic pool of toxicity because your lymphatic system cannot function well then guess what you're just adding nutrients into the sewage get that waste out first it's essential so the third is we get to the gut gut is the second brain in the body it has intelligence of its own it's known as the enteric nervous system and one of the things i like to sort of like joke with my clients around is like Everybody has gut issues. They just don't know it yet. They just don't know it yet. So with gut and pelvis, there is such a powerful interplay because the current narrative, Francis, is when woman has, let's say, fibroids or incontinence or maybe pain in her vagina, Everybody is looking at the dysfunction exactly where the dysfunction is. You've got vaginal pain, we have to treat your vagina. You've got incontinence, we have to see your pelvic floor. You've got uh, tumors on your ovaries, oh, we have to take the ovaries out. But the gut profoundly connects to the pelvis. Through the lymphatic system, by the way, so we better do the lymphatic work, it's really essential. But you also have literally organs that are at interplay between the gut and the pelvis. So your pelvis is literally, from a, from a digestion perspective, it's the lower segment of your digestion, it's the elimination part. Mm-hmm. So anything that passes through my mouth obviously go through goes through whole digestive tract, including the liver, the spleen, pancreas, intestine, but it's going to come out somewhere too, right? It's going to come out through my rectum. So something doesn't work in my gut, it's going to be impacting my pelvis, which is why addressing the gut, the second brain in the body goes way before I begin to poke in your vagina and try to ameliorate quote-unquote vaginal pain. You know, the more, the more, the more you share about the hierarchy, the more I'm like, I think I know now what's the problem with me <laughs> because I, I do have ADHD and I've always connected like my gut with my ADHD. And I've ever since I moved again, ever since I moved here in Canada, I've always have IBS, irritable bowel syndrome. And what's interesting is Again, I associate it with weather, but I think I'm coming to terms with the fact that moving here caused trauma for me. And my body is just like resisting the fact that I've moved here. And now that I'm, and the only way that I can not feel pain is when I'm very, very healthy, meaning I eat just salad (laughs) the entire week. I work out, I sleep right. That's the only time I can prevent myself from pain. But any other days that I'm lazy, that I'm not responsible and eating right, I can tell my gut is just really not cooperating. And when you mentioned about now from the brain, I have ADHD and then my lymph nodes and then my gut. And I'm like, okay, tell me more. (laughs) This is all connected for me here. Totally. So there is a huge body of work and huge amount of research between gut inflammation and brain inflammation. And, you know, let's say when people have like a leaky gut syndrome, the toxins from the gut, they can travel anywhere in the body, including the brain. So now we have a new area that's being developed called the glymphatics. And glymphatics is all about how to drain the brain of toxicity how to use the lymphatic system around the brain to literally drain the brain of toxins. And whether you approach it from top up, meaning you start approaching the brain and start draining the brain first, you'll probably find some positive impact on your gut. Or you mm-hmm. go at it from the gut first and you know begin to possibly address like any underlying infection that might be there or any underlying inflammation that might be there and start sealing the lining of the gut, you will see the power.
positive impact on your brain. So there's it's a two-way stream. And what really fascinates me about modern medicine is that every specialist is looking at their specialty, right? You go to, uh, for your heart, you go to cardiologist, right? But your cardiologist does not speak to, you know, your, your uh, osteopath. And uh, the specialist for your bones does not speak to your immunologist. So they're like parts of you and parts of your problems or parts of your health. They're just so disintegrated. Instead of I am one whole human being, I have body, I have emotions, I have drives in life, I have my stresses, I have my challenges. And how can someone or a set of someone, maybe like an integrated team of people, look at me as one human being so that I can actually reclaim all of myself and feel incredible in my body, which to me is our, you know, birthright. It's our mm-hmm. birthright for us as women to feel great in our bodies. That's really great. I love how you kind of like break down your process from brain to lens node and gut. And is there anything else after the gut that you'd like to bring? Well, of course, you got to address the vasculature, right? You got to address the vascular system. You got to address the blood flow. The Your cells need oxygenated blood in order to have capacity for regeneration. So when we look at many times, like a places of parts of the body, but parts of the body can be dying. And this is, uh, this, I actually feel really emotional speaking to that because my father-in-law, uh, father of my husband, he died because of necrosis. Necrosis is when part of your intestine dies and it dies because of a lot of toxins and improper cellular regeneration. So, you know, I feel like if I know what I know now back then when he died, possibly his life could be saved. And uh, his own suffering is what led me to study the biology of the body and uh, really understand what it takes to create healing and create an environment of healing. So your tissues need blood. And if they don't, they will start to degenerate or they are not regenerating at the speed they need. So next is vasculature. Then you're going to attend to the nerves, especially the nerves at the periphery, especially the nerves and, you know, in, in your limbs. And many times we are only as strong as the weakest nerve in the distant part, in the most distant part of the body. Mm-hmm. We're only as strong as the most stagnant lymph node in the mm-hmm. body. Oh, that is a lot to, yeah. to, to, to get after. So I'll just, I'll just have a recap. Because first we started with me having this moment of like spiral of rabbit hole about my frustration about modern gynecology and how it's um, patterned up with, with men. Right. And not really with the wisdom of a woman who knows their body, but rather than a man speculating what's going on and you sharing about the process and what it's like. And it sounds like because my next question would be if ovaries and uterus can be prevented to be removed. But I think now the more important question is, it sounds like your entire program addresses all of these small and big pieces So would you mind sharing more about what your program is? What does it look like? How does it help women? And how does it address pain? Because essentially my question about if women can be, uh, if women who were diagnosed that they have to remove their pelvic, their uterus, or they have incontinence and all much pain, how can that be prevented? It sounds like your program can answer all of that. So let's just go right into what is your program all about? Totally. I'm, I'm, I'm so glad we are tying it together. And, the distinction I want to make is the sort of way of thinking or way of healing that I we are, we are talking today about is kind of like a part of a larger programming that we are building in our Flourish Institute. The piece and the program that's really designed for a woman who you know just wants to really address the discomfort in her in her pelvis, be that menstrual pain every single month 
be the pelvic pain that kind of comes and goes, a lot of tension in her pelvis, maybe back pain, hip pain, stiffness in the hips when she's getting up from the chair, but also more serious conditions like vulvodynia, which is itching and burning in the vulva, pain during intercourse or vaginismus, that's chronic tightening of the pelvic floor. Uh, my pelvic spa is really a wonderful, simple, and very effective way that a woman can work with herself in the safety and comfort of her body. And pelvic spa firstly looks at, as we're discussing, inviting the brain to be on board with healing. So in pelvic spa, deep relaxation, you will actually lie down for half an hour in your bed and create the most relaxed, comfortable, and pelvic spa-like experience in your own body just by being transported into deep modes of relaxation. And this alone can take a woman who maybe ha is on a day of her menstruation, is really uncomfortable in her body. It can take her from ow to wow in less than 30 minutes. So that's the absolute alpha and omega. The second part of pelvic spa are series of extraordinary pelvic spa stretches that are designed to address what we're discussing a lot at the start, the tension, the unconscious tension in the pelvis by releasing muscles, ligaments, tendons, and fascia that might be chronically tight due to either physical stress or emotional stress and creating this physical experience of pelvic spa. So many times women ask me, it's like, you know, wh why is this called pelvic spa and what does it mean? And my answer always is, you know, this incredible feel you have after being in spa all day. You're mellow, you're soft. You mm -hmm. feel like someone has released all these kinks and knots and you're floating. You're floating on the cloud of relaxation. And the reason why I have created Pelvic Spa is exactly for this reason, to help your pelvis, to help women's pelvis create this. I'm floating on the cloud of relaxation in my pelvis anytime I want to without necessarily going into spa and you know investing several hundreds of dollars in order to get that from some therapist, I can create that inside of my own body. My question now is for women now who have lost their uterus, their ovaries, and now is experiencing the aftermath of it, can they still mm -hmm. find this pelvic spa useful in their life? Yeah, it's such a, such a deep question. And I'm thinking of so many women with whom I had this conversation. Um, and to me, after part of your female body is being removed, it's the kind of the two things that need to happen. The one thing is obviously restoring the strength, the strength from outside in and inside out of your pelvis. So, you know, you can prevent further complications like prolapse. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what happens for a lot for women after hysterectomies. 18 months to two years into that, I start developing prolapse. So the one focus really needs to be on functional strength. And the second focus from psycho-emotional perspective is really defining who I am as a woman, how I feel about my body, and connecting to the energetic womb that no amount of scalpels that have been inside of my body no one can take away from me the energy of womb, the energy of creation, the energy of personal power. So really stripping away all the layers of abuse and trauma and connecting to the essence of creatrix and energetic womb awakening. Uh, I call this, and the term that I define for this is female pelvic consciousness, female pelvic consciousness, connecting to the consciousness of your female body that lives inside of you. And this to me, you know, even as woman has been stripped away, 
of her womb or part of her womb is something that can be absolutely a life-changing and life-altering experience. And the pelvic spa is really useful for building uh, the female connection and really allowing woman to recenter herself in the wisdom of her body and the wisdom of her pelvis. That's great. I'm going to send my mom your way. <laughs> so thank you so much for a lot of this information. And a lot of them are probably foreign to some of our, my listeners. A lot of them who have backgrounds in the medical, like nurses or doctors, are probably familiar with what you're talking about. And they'll be like, oh, that makes sense. So if if any of my listener wants to find you, wants to work with you, wants to join the pelvic spa or just stalk you and learn more about what you do, how can they find you and where they can find you? Totally. Such a wonderful question. So as of right now, as of as we are doing this recording, we are building a brand new website that will be live in a month's time. And it's going to be theflourishinstitute.com theflourishinstitute.com before that or as sort of other opportunities i am very alive on facebook facebook is my main thing so you're very welcome to friend request me my name is dagmar khan and uh, we have a really outstanding facebook group called women's health ceo which is specially specifically designed for coaches, healers, experts, therapists that have a deep already are already working with female pelvis or have a deep desire to work with female pelvis. And we have a magnetic community of women that truly want to bring this work to their community and help women um, escape the surgeons and the medications and awaken this deep healing codes inside of their bodies. Well, thank you so much, Dagmar, again, for coming into my show. And we'll definitely put your information in the description box below so people can find you. Wow, what an episode. So just to recap, our body is interconnected. Women's body or men's body or anyone's body is interconnected. Therefore, the approach to healing needs to be interconnected as well. Another thing that I huge takeaway and I really want to reinforce it to the listeners out there is that women are actually capable of having a pain-free menstrual cycle, a pain-free sex for the first time, and a pain-free birthing. We are capable to experiencing these big moments in our lives pain-free. So I hope you learned something from this episode because I know I did. If you are looking to see more of the work of Dagmar, you can find her information in the description box below. She absolutely gives a lot of free stuff, so you better check her page out. Again, thank you for tuning in in this episode. This is your host, Francis, and until next time.